0: All right, welcome everybody. This is Root Solution Learning How to Control the Basics. This is Kyron. This is Noah. And today we are going to talk about disease. <laughs> Not disease. He said the
1: disease.
0: <laughs>
1: so we've been talking for a while here about breathing. We've talked about down regulation. We've talked about the nervous system itself we've talked about basically all of these huge components that make up the human body. So we figure we're at a point now where we can finally kind of correlate it back to sleep. Now sleep is a complex topic, like so complex. And the reality of sleep is if we're being totally honest, like we as practitioners don't really know shit about sleep. Like there's people that will tell you that like, you know, deep, uh, deep sleep allows you to connect with, yourself in a quantum realm and that your dreams are actually the life that you're living in a quantum realm. And like, man, like I've heard crazy, crazy, crazy stuff. Uh, not to say any, of it's true or not true. Cause frankly, I don't have any framework for it, but we're going to try to kind of stay really topical here today with sleep. And the reason we're going to do that is because the truth is, is there's not a lot of hard evidence other than the biological response of sleep. Right. So, um, Kai and I, as you all know, are whoop fanboys. Whoop, and whoop. Um, whoop, whoop, And so um, one of the things I look at in my group, the whoop group that we have, is resting heart rate. And one of the things I've noticed with a lot of people is, like, some people can just get really, really low. Kai's a great example. Um, where Kai's resting heart rate might be, like, 45, right? Yeah. And that's on a normal night for Kai. But, but... On nights that Kai doesn't get full recovery, his resting heart rate doesn't get as low, right? So Kai, you've been been talking here about having some struggles with sleep over the past few nights. You want to elaborate?
0: Yeah, I think that, um, you know, I kind of know the reason why uh, my sleep hasn't been good, but the past couple of nights have been in the yellow, which I don't care for. Um, But... Um, reason being is that I get to sleep later nor- than normal. Um, normally I try to get to sleep around 10 o'clock and the past couple of nights, I just have not been able to prioritize that. Um, so the result of that is getting less sleep, uh, and right. not as, as, as good of quality sleep. Um, right. and, and like you said, like my resting heart rate has been a little bit higher than normal. Um, right. and, and my, um, heart rate variability has been a little bit higher or, or sorry, no lower, lower, lower right. than, than normal. Yeah.
1: So what that tells us, everybody tells us guys is that because the sleep quality is not as good, his body isn't down regulate, down enough. Now here's what tends to happen, right? Kai, a great example, um, is somebody who is not going to tone down his life or temper his life, um, regardless of how his sleep was. Which most of us aren't, right? Like most of us, if I had a shitty night's sleep, doesn't mean I I, I don't have to be a parent, or doesn't mean I don't have to go to work, right? Like I can't call out sick because I got a shitty night's sleep, right? Okay. And so the truth is, is in most cases with most people, the issue that we're going to run into is that if I had a shooting night's sleep, I still got to go do my thing. Right. And so what I really want to talk about here and really, really want to get into is like what that does to your body and how hard it is to get back on track with sleep. So the biggest thing that I think people neglect with sleep is what happens when they go to sleep. So first and foremost, and we're going to kind of use Kai as our, our, our marker for the whole conversation. Um, there's four major things that happen when you go to sleep. The first one is gonna be your resting heart rate drops to its lowest possible number. And here's what this means, right? Everyone's lowest possible number is based on the respiratory efficiency. So, like that's really like kind of a nerdy way of saying, like, just how how good does your like lungs and diaphragm work? Um, and what's your capacity, right? Like, and if you're overweight, if you're highly stressed out, like your capacity is gonna be worse. Now that said. I still should be able to get to a really like decently low heart rate. Right. But I'm not going to get to my lowest. So it's like, basically like if we have a potential of the lowest heart rate being 45 and I, I'm only getting to 65, then I'm not reaching my potential. So step one in deep sleep, we get the lowest possible reduction of heart rate. Now, another reason that's important to understand what your baseline heart rate is and have a measurable, we like whoop, um, is because it gives you an idea of if your heart rate hasn't got there, right? So Kai's a great example. If Kai's normally around a 45, which I know he is for his resting heart rate, and Kai's been 65 the last two nights, that tells Kai that he's going to sleep, not ready to go to sleep, and he's not getting good quality deep sleep, Right. So that measurable becomes really important because it gives us some sort of feedback for like, shit, like I didn't hit my number. Right. So that's one, two, we have cellular regeneration. So what that means is that this is literally when my body heals. So if you think about it from a a evolutionary perspective all day long, I'm moderately to heavily worried that tiger may eat me, which means my body can't focus on healing it instead has to send blood outward to make sure that my limbs are primed for whatever we need them to be primed for, right? So if I can't get to true down regulation, then we're going to have a problem with cellular regeneration, right? We'll go into that later. But third, we have a reduction of core body temperature. So the idea is that like a lot of times you'll hear trainers when people work out is like, our goal is to increase core body temperature at the beginning of work workout. The idea is increased core body temperature tells us that the circulatory system is working heavily and that heavily functioning circulatory system increases our muscular capacity for function, right? Now, that doesn't mean that you can't just see a tiger and run, right? But we can reach an optimal point to where we're going to run our fastest. What also happens when our core body temperature drops is it indicates cortisol drops. Now cortisol is a primary driver of the primary hormone driver for inflammation. So if my cortisol is high, it means I probably am going to have high inflammation as well, which means I'm also going to have issues with other hormone profiles. So body temperature drops, cortisol drops. And it's essentially like kind of a reset for my body. If I do this correctly. Then lastly, we have a pretty heavy reduction of range of motion. So if I'm in fight mode, and my shoulder only goes up halfway, right? When I try to put my hand over my head, um, when I fall asleep, it might go up all the way, right? Because the idea is like my body's just trying to get ready, and when it's in fight mode, everything's primed and going, and so like we we're looking for stiffness in our in our muscles and our joints. Because that stiffness is what we use to create force to outwardly protect ourselves, whether it be run, work, anything else.
0: What do you think? I did? Did I get them all? You sure did. Yeah, I think that you know a lot of times we hear people that didn't get a good enough sleep. They wake up and they're like, "Ah, I woke up and felt stiff." Right. Yeah, and and you know, that's the the lack of range of motion, right? Right, and that's
1: and that's kind of what happens to people a lot, right? They'll wake up and have a stiff neck, and then. Well, what me as a practitioner, what I know is that, okay, well, if you have a stiff neck from when you're getting out of bed, then that tells us you probably didn't downregulate enough to, to basically get what you need out of your sleep, right? And if I didn't downregulate enough to get what I need out of my sleep, not only did I get a shitty night's sleep, but now I got a sore neck, right? So now it's a compounding problem because odds are that sore neck is going to keep me from sleeping again if I don't come to see Kai or Noah,
0: right? Exactly, exactly.
1: Okay. So all of that is like a lot of information, but that information is going to kind of set up the rest of this. The idea is that like, we have to understand that my body has a system for healing and a system to protect, to get us where we need to get to so that we can function like a human. Right. Okay. So the next portion of this is what I'd like to talk about is I want to talk about kind of the, the potential hazards of not having any of those good things happen. Right. So the first one and the biggest one, especially since we just talked about breath a lot in our, our last couple podcasts, um, having a higher respiratory rate when you're sleeping means that I'm not taking in as much oxygen when I sleep. This can lead to apnea. This can lead to snoring. This can lead to um, lots of stuff. But the biggest one for me is... I think it's going to drive upregulation of our nervous system. Now, those of you that have been with us since the beginning, I can get a little nerdy here. When I say upregulation, we have two neural networks that are primarily at work here, right? And we have more than two, but two are what we'll, we'll we'll simplify this with two. We have the executive network and the default network. The default network is task negative. So this is again, the idea that like I'm sitting on my couch Somebody wiggles the handle of my doorknob, but doesn't open the door. It sends a red alert all the way throughout my body because I want to know what the fuck is playing with my doorknob, right? And that task negative is essentially me gearing up, right? So the things that come with task negative, we talked about last week, but pupil dilation, um, peripheral stimulus is, is higher regulated, blood away from the belly, blood away from the organs. Um, we can go on for days if you really want to get into that. Look, listen to our last few podcasts. But if I'm red alert, I can't go to sleep, right? I know, Kai, you've been there where you've been sitting, staring at the ceiling, trying to figure out like all the world's problems, solving world hunger oh, yeah. like, while you're laying there in bed, right?
0: Oh, yeah. For sure.
1: And that, that to me is my struggle. I get this racing brain, right? Um, I found that keeping a notepad next to my bed helps. Um, breathing helps. There's there's things like I do to help me with that. But if I'm task negative all day long, right? So if I'm in a default network all day long, I never get the flow because I'm stressed the fuck out, which is what yellow indicates to Kai on Whoop, and what red indicates on Whoop, right? Then I've had no recovery. So there's no healing. So let's say you come to me and you have an ACL tear. And you're like, okay, I need to rehab my ACL. We go and we have surgery. Cool. Do you think you're going to recover well if you can't sleep well and downregulate? Hell no. Hell no, right? So if you can't recover well, now we have a longer recovery period, less effective recovery period, right? So this is a real issue because what you're telling your body is that I'm afraid a tiger is going to get me in my sleep, right? Think about that logically, guys. Is it possible to get deep sleep? Not really, right? Now, I have kids. Um, The minute my children were born, I didn't hit deep sleep for a long, long, long time, nor did my ex, right? Because the reality is, as as parents, you're terrified of what's going on in the other room or even in your own room, right? Because you've got these two babies. So parents are like, oh, I, I haven't slept well in years. No, they're joking, right? Like they're legit, upregulated when they go to bed. They can't relax because they don't feel comfortable or safe. that Their kids are safe. They're afraid the tiger's going to get their kids. That's an evolutionary response. That's the way it's supposed to be, right? This is why people talk about like weighted blankets. They talk about like dark, cool rooms. This is why they talk about like blocking out all light like you want to do anything you can to let your body get to flow state so that we can truly downregulate and be healthy and happy and safe. Yeah. Kai?
0: Yeah, for sure.
1: Kai, I'm running this one. I know you got stuff to say about this.
0: <laughs> I, yeah. I mean, I, as you can tell, I'm wearing blue light blocking glasses. Um, as we speak. Yeah, as we speak. Um, yeah. I think that, you know, a lot of people, kind of get into that like biohacking world of trying to optimize sleep and, and things like that. But I think that, you know, a lot of things that I run into is that racing mind, right? Like being right. able to like get everything out before you go to sleep, right? So that you're not laying in bed, just thinking about what you're thinking about. Right. But also like just getting that overstimulation of light, um, you know, because, you what we've found is that blue light kind of is that stimulant that we're awake. We need right. to be moving. It's, it's, it's that uh, mimic of sunlight. So our body just thinks like, Oh, it's daytime. We need to be moving. But, you know, um, you know, a lot of people fall asleep with uh, like YouTube playing or right. movies playing on their laptop or TV going, which is, not good right um but well here's the thing you know you know what's interesting is i think we vilify
1: blue light right blue Mm -hmm. light is bad for your eyes blue light's not bad for your eyes guys like blue light blue light isn't the villain blue light at night is problematic yeah right blue light is not gonna fry your brain and melt your eyeballs and i think this is a struggle because a lot of people they think blue light's dangerous. Mm-hmm. It is absolutely not dangerous. Mm-hmm. The, the issue is, is things that are associated with blue light, um, video games, television, all of these things are built with stimuluses in mind, right? Commercials, right? Like Guys, what we don't realize is that like commercials are made by advertising companies to create a stimulus, right? To, yeah. Like food commercials are meant to create satiation, They're meant to literally make your mouth water so that you crave the food. So the thing is, is though you're just laying in bed and you've got new girl on in the background and new girl references something political, that, that may upregulate you a little bit, right? And that upregulation might drive wandering thoughts, even if it's super subtle and wandering thoughts are enough to really kind of mess your sleep. I like to try to read before I go to bed, but here's the thing. I can't read the stuff I like to read, which is like physical therapy books, human books. I can't read that stuff because what happens is I read that stuff and my wheels start spinning, right? Like all of a sudden, next thing you know, I'm like, oh, William Reich is talking about like like adolescence and sexuality and that's driving me into like thinking about like myself or somebody else. That's a stimulant, guys. So what you read is really tough too because the reality is I could just, I have to find something that I can read that doesn't drive any sort of stimulus. Right. And so this is the struggle that I have here with this stuff is like, I don't think we realize that how much of our world drives up regulation, even if it's subtle.
0: Yeah. And I think that, um, you know, one of the things that um, the, my friend who owns a gym that I, I ran out of talks about, And I think Julian talks about it too. It's just, you know, there's a point of um, like healing and a point of poison, right? And it's that kind of like um, arch, I think uh, he calls it. But basically, you know, at a certain point, like if you have five hours of blue light exposure and three of those hours are after the sun goes down, That's a point of diminishing returns. Right. Right. But if it's five hours in the morning and zero at night, when the sun goes down, that's not necessarily bad. Right. Right. So I think that, you know, one of the things that we have to learn is like, what is good for us and how can we like, I guess optimize the exposure that we're getting so that we're not overexposing ourselves and we're not underexposing ourselves right like sunlight it's great right for vitamin d for absorption right. things like that but too much we get burnt right <laughs> and some people get well, burnt so this, faster than others right
1: this is an interesting point right so over the last few weeks i typically wake up somewhere around like five 6 o'clock so i've been sleeping with my blinds open um and i've been waking up sunlight and the first thing I do when I wake up is I walk to my window, no matter how cold it's outside. Granted, I live in Southern California. I open my, my blinds all the way up and I open my window and I just stand there.
0: Yeah. And what
1: I'm trying to do, my, my apartment gets incredible morning light. And what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to allow morning sunlight into my body, right? I'm literally trying to absorb it through my eyes because this is the time where I get the most vitamin D. So my big issue with daylight savings, mm. though I like that the sun is up later because it's better for my kids and, and better for a lot of reasons. The downside is I still have to wake up at 545, no. which now means I'm waking up in utter darkness, right? Because bear in mind, I've safe proof my room to be dark as it, as it can possibly be. So I work in my garage primarily with my patients. I probably shouldn't admit that out loud, but whatever I did. Um <laughs> <laughs> my garage doesn't have windows, then it's enclosed. So I start work before the sun comes up. So the first time I may see the sun might be like 11 or 12 when I have a break. Honestly, guys, it's only been a week or so. That's really messing with me because I'm not getting any sort of sun exposure in the morning. My body doesn't know how to wake up. It's, I'm literally, I'm more lethargic and I'm slower, even though my recovery rates are better On whoop, right? So, this is the struggle here, guys, is that like what we have to understand is that light in an appropriate setting is great, but it can be not so great in an inappropriate setting. So, this is where this kind of gets really complex and difficult. Now, I want to, I don't want to go too deep in that hole because God, we could talk there forever. So, what I want to talk about next is sympathetic fixes. And now I'm going to talk about this. I'd like to have a podcast about this in the future, Kai. Yeah, this is an idea that comes from strong fit. Um, Julian Pino has like made this a thing. This isn't my thing. But what I want to do is I want to elaborate on the idea. The idea is that if I'm bored or my nervous system is in this, like this st- stagnant place, I look for sympathetic fixes, right? So essentially I'm trying to find ways to downregulate myself. So the idea is like, if we think about the thermometer, sympathetic is gonna be like 80 degrees or above and where I am in that 80 degrees or above varies, right? If I'm in freeze, I'm 90 plus, right?
0: Yeah.
1: Fight is 80 plus, 70 plus is is, um, flight, right? If I, let's say I've been in flight all day long because I've been at work and I just, my body's just craving change because that's what it does. It's supposed to adapt and change. What people will do is they'll they'll go find their sympathetic fix. To downregulate themselves, to get dopamine, to get serotonin, to get oxytocin, to get the things they need to feel good, and then to change status quo, right? So some people it's smoking, right? You'll see smokers take smoke breaks every every couple hours. Some people it's sugar, right? For me, it's it's I like I tend to like sugar and caffeine, right? So it'll be like a diet coke, or it'll be a coffee, or it'll be uh, a donut, or like you, we can go on for days, right? So. The reality is if I have a poor night's sleep and my nervous system is stuck, I'm going to wake up and feel like I got shitty sleep. So here's what I do. I find my sympathetic fix, right? Which I know for a lot of people is coffee, right? They wake up after they've slept, which in theory, they should feel great, right? In theory, they should have a full tank of gas, full energy, ready to go. Their electric car has been plugged in all day. The Tesla is ready to go 300 miles and do its thing and whatever, but they still need coffee to wake up. Why? They're shitty sleep, right? So the reality here is, is if I get shitty sleep, it becomes compounding because if I start doping myself with carbs, sugar, alcohol, weed, those all come with significant swings like swing back, right? So people that drink coffee tend to drink coffee throughout the day, right? Coffee is a 12-hour half-life. Caffeine in general actually has a 12-hour half-life. So what that means is that means from when I have the first sip to when it wears off, it's 12 hours. And even if you don't feel it, so even if you're like, oh, I'm most people that drink caffeine, it doesn't do anything to me. That doesn't mean it doesn't do something to your nervous system. Because remember, you don't have a measurable. So the idea of feel versus real becomes very interesting. I talk about this with my baseball players a lot. I'm I'm a baseball guy at heart. I can talk hitting a little bit. I always talk about getting on plane, right? And so this idea of like letting my hands come down a little bit, letting the barrel of the bat drop down, and get on plane, whatever. It's not that important. But a lot of players are like, "No, you're supposed to swing down on the ball." Well, nobody swings down on the ball because if you swing down on the ball, you can't actually hit the ball, right? You have to get on the same plane as the ball to meet the ball. It's like literal physics. Yeah. But the idea of, it, fe- I feel like I'm swinging down doesn't mean I'm swinging down. If I feel like caffeine's not affecting me, does not mean caffeine isn't affecting me. Again, why I love what, right? It gives me some sort of measurable to see what the hell's going on with me. So this idea of sympathetic fixes, maybe I drink caffeine throughout the day, but I stop at 12, done at 12. But if I go to bed at eight, nine, 10, 11, I still have res- remnants of caffeine in my system that doesn't include any additional carbs, sugar, alcohol, weed, all things that have temporary downregulation with massive upswings. Actually, I take that back. Alcohol and weed, short-term depression, long-term, um, long-term upswings. So they'll take you down and then they'll take you up. Um, carbs is a little bit different thing. That's That's different. Carbs take you up and keep you up. Um, so the idea of carbs as an upper, let's say again, I'm at work, right. And I've taken in, um, I like Snickers bars. We'll call it Snickers. I take in a Snickers. Snickers is going to send me to freeze because it's fat and carbs, right. Which is this massive upregulation. And then I'm just sitting at work. So am I using any of the fatter carbs? Nope. Hey, Jose. So. I've now doped myself. I've taken an upper and done nothing with it. Right now we have a real fucking problem because that means I'm going to be upregulated for the next few hours. So if I'm trying to go to sleep, guess what? Not going to happen. This is why in the auto regulation template, the food podcast we talked about, we talked about not having carbs towards the back end of the day, unless you're training, because the reality is, is carbs are going to drive an upswing, right? So protein doesn't do that. Right. And again, you can go to the podcast about food. If you have further questions, we outline this really detailed. So let's just framework out this idea, right? I wake up and I feel like ass. So I eat a bunch of sugar. I take a bunch of caffeine in. I have all these upper regulatory things, right? I'm not using the energy. So now I'm storing more and more glucose. So guess what? I'm gaining weight, right? Because if I feel like ass, I probably don't work out. The other issue is, is if I feel like ass all day, we are now going to have somatic errors, right? So our prediction pattern is off with our brain. So we have additional stored glucose. Somatic errors are going to drive anxiety, fear, depression, potentially. So if I can't breathe well to downregulate, I can't sleep well leading to a dependency on sympathetic fixes, which then lead to somatic errors, which lead to anxiety and depression, right? So Kai, what's the pharmaceutical intervention?
0: Melatonin. Uh, sure. What's that? Um, my mom took it. Uh, ambient. Ambien, there we go. Now we're getting the good stuff, right? So, okay, oh so here we go. so many stories about Ambien, but
1: yeah. So now what we know, now we're on some sort of mood enhancer, right? Because we're trying to find some sort of semblance of regularity. Okay, we can't find semblance of regularity, right? Every time I take one of those pills, what do they do? They fuck up my gut bindings. It's a gut bomb, right? It literally kills half the good bacteria you have in your gut. So, okay, so now the primary signaler for downregulation, the gut, is no longer working. We've ruined it with medical intervention. So now I can't downregulate because I've taken pills. I'm never going to sleep well again. So why is it that people take pharmaceutical intervention and are on them forever? They literally don't don't have an exit plan. There's no way to clear up the gut. There's no conversation about how are you breathing? There's no conversation about sympathetic fixes. There's no conversation about neuroplasticity, which is the ability to just go back and forth between test negative and test positive. So the reality is, is what needs to happen is that person needs to be paired with a nutritionist, a therapist, and probably a respiratory therapist because they basically had chronic upregulation inflammation. That was a lot. That was a lot, a lot. This is supposed to be a half hour. I'm probably well over that. Kai, that, what kind of feels does that give you?
0: Yeah. I mean, that's like half the people that I know. <laughs> um, that's,
1: I mean, that's honestly most, I think most people in the world, right? Like I think yeah. most, there's so many people that I think I can attribute anxiety to breathing and sleep.
0: Yeah, and I think that, you know, a lot of people just just aren't aware of it. Like, I think that... And that's, that's it right there. Yeah, I think once people become aware of like, okay, I'm not getting good sleep, I depend on coffee, and I depend on food, like those three things there can kind of just already tell them like, okay, I, I probably need to start looking at my sleep. Like, what right. can I do to get better sleep? And so here's the thing. This is this is my struggle with that conversation
1: because, yes, the, the answer to the question is I need to get better sleep. But I think the answer before that is I need to fix respiratory issues. Yeah. And I think this is why, again, I'm a fanboy for Whoop. I know. They don't <laughs> pay me. I hope they will. Not yet. But the truth is, not yet, is, <laughs> not yet. Uh, the, the harsh reality here is that something like Whoop is a really solid measurable to give us some sort of idea of what the fuck is going on. Right.
0: Yeah. I think it's an unbiased thing. Right. Like, cause if you ask a friend, like, hey, you know, I, I feel like crap. What should I do? And they're like, oh, you should just read this book or you should just do this or you should do that. You know, they're just telling you things that you want to hear. Right. But right. whoop is not like catering to your feelings it's like no you right you got bad sleep i'm gonna give you a bad right. score you right you didn't do any strain and you slept late or you had alcohol or whatever it may be and you got bad sleep so there's no right. no feelings that have to filter through that so i think that you know whoop is a great tool right not something that you have to go based off of all the time but it's a great tool to give you feedback of Something needs to change, right? And right. I think that that that's a, that's what we use it for. But a lot of people will take it for, oh, this is going to dictate my life, right? And I think that that's, where that's they, that, yeah, that's where people can go wrong with that. But I think it's something that we need to to utilize um, as a tool to help us, you know, make that change and understand what needs to be changed.
1: So a couple of Saturdays ago, um, I don't do this often, but I went out and kind of had a good time, um, ha- had some drinks, um, made some poor decisions, stayed up way too, like way, way, way too late. It took me days, literal days to get my shit together. Like I, I could, it, it, and, and this is a tribute to me being a little bit older too, right? But it took me literally like, I think four days to get my whoop score back on track. Mm. And that's the thing, right? Is I now know like how detrimental that night out really was, right? Like I I can look and see like from a measurable perspective that like, man, was that worth it? Because that wrecked me. That wrecked me. Literally yeah. wrecked me. Right. And so that's kind of that's where I'm at my my standing on whoop. And like you guys all know, like how I feel about it, obviously love the product, but um, I think the truth here is that I think this becomes a really important conversation that I I don't know if we're all having yet and in industry wide, we aren't having. And I think for me, that's really disheartening and I struggle with because, you know, like I'm just a dude who works out of his garage, right? Like I'm not, I'm nobody important, but like, if I see this, like how the fuck is nobody else seeing this? Yeah, How is this not a bigger conversation, right? This should be plastered all over the place.
0: Yeah. And I think, you know, Sleep is not necessarily an expensive thing to invest in. <laughs> it's the easiest. It's sleep, sleep and breath, guys. Think about this. You yeah. breathe all day long,
1: mm-hmm. right? Like you have the literal ability to breathe as much as you like. Like yeah. literally, like I, I can't take it from you. Yeah. I can't take sleep or breathing from you. Yet they're the most detrimental to our regular lives.
0: Yeah. I think it's take it for granted and and – You know, people just think about, oh, I just need to take this pill. I just need to do this diet. I just need to do this workout. I need to do, you know, all these things that are external. But, you know, once they start to look at, you know, the things that they can (laughs) control, um, then, you know, basic stuff, the basic stuff, you know. it's, it tends to, to, to fix things, right? It t- tends to get to the root of the problem. And, you know- be the There solution. we go. we find solutions. <laughs> um, you like what I did there? Um, I like it. <laughs> but, you know, and, and as as jokingly as I say that, it's the truth, right? I mean, yeah. you know, the basic things are the root of the solution, right? I think that, that right. you know, sleep and breathing are one of the biggest things that are um, like just monumental in our life, but we just don't pay attention to it. Yeah. Yeah. Well,
1: that's, I think that's the point here, right? Next week we're going to talk a little bit more about what you can do about this, but that's kind of what, what we're trying to accomplish in, in this having this conversation. It's like we, Realistically, like we're not asking you to overhaul your sleep, but what we are asking is that maybe you take an open, honest look at what your sleep looks like and why your sleep is the way it is. And maybe, maybe, just maybe, sleep is the actual problem and it, it's the real issue in your life. And I think um, most of the people I interact with on a regular basis, I would. I, I think sleep is their problem. Like, I think it's, and, and it's not their fault that they can't get what they need from sleep. And so this is the frustration here with this conversation is like, I'm not blaming anybody. It's just a harsh, unfortunate side effect of the life they live. And so my goal is to create some level of exposure so that they have some sort of idea as to what the hell is going on in their world and why it's problematic. And so this conversation, the hope is at the end of this conversation, you go, and evaluate your own sleep. Maybe you get whooped, maybe, I don't, I don't know, whatever you end up doing, but, um, maybe you ask us more questions. Maybe you, you prioritize sleep a little bit more. You know, um, one of my really close friends is, uh, he lives a little bit more on the edge than I do. Um, (laughs) he likes to have, he likes to have a real good time. And, um, he's always like complaining about his sleep. And I'm like, dude, like, when was the last time that you three nights in a row went to sleep at the same time? Right. Cause that's the thing, right? You're signaling your body with sleep. Like you're telling your body that, okay, five nights in a row, I've gone to bed at 9 PM. I want you to start that schedule, please. And if you're not doing those things, then we have a real freaking problem because the reality is it's like, I need to find a way to be more consistent with my sleep and one night a week of I stayed up too late and I, I had a good old time is insanely detrimental and I don't think we we realize that or having enough conversations that revolve
0: around that yeah and you know I think that our next our next podcast we'll, we'll dive a little bit deeper into this but you know it's our external conditioning right like right. the winners stay up late and wake up early and right god um, i hate that shit so much that was
1: mortgage like mortgage 101 are you a grinder yeah i hate that word are you a hustler hustler. yeah grinders don't waste time in bed yeah
0: yeah and you know it's it's just that you know uh, the mindset of like External things will make you happy and and external things will get you success and all these things, which to a certain extent is, you know, somewhat true, but we also have to take a look at the human side of things, right? Like that's all money driven and success driven and things like that. But as humans, you know, are we really built for that? And and that's a question you got to ask yourself. I think we can't tell you like this is the end all be all. Like, you know, if you can work off of five hours of sleep, like you get green every single day when you get five hours of sleep, I can't tell you, no, you need more sleep. Like you just, that's how you work. But if so, you. So, let's take a second there. Cause actually that's an important idea. This
1: podcast went well over a half hour. We fucked a <laughs> oh, well. Um, so I'm, I'm an example of that, right? Yeah. My capacity is pretty low. My heart rate variability is pretty low. I still pull greens, right? Mm-hmm. And I can pull greens like what well, I'll pull my whoop up as we speak. Hey, Last night I slept 548, mm-hmm. right? I was in bed for 641. I slept for 548. I got a green. My heart rate score is 41. Kai, pull yours up really quick. Oh,
0: you're going to I'm going to put up. $100
1: call on this. Well, hang on, though. This is important, though, because my heart, my ability, my capacity is pretty low. Which is something I've learned from, from whoop and I've had to really make an effort to change. Kai, his heart rate capacity is significantly higher. So five hours and 48 minutes, heart rate score of 41, right? Kai, what's yours?
0: Heart rate score. I don't know how that, but I got This is HRV a- under under recovery. Okay. I got six and a half hours of sleep. So I went okay. to bed really late. But my HRV is at 79. Okay, so let's
1: t- take a second. Kai got more sleep, right? With a significantly higher heart rate score than I have. I got a green, he got a yellow. Yeah. These scores are based on your work and output. My mm-hmm. output is very, very low, which I'm not proud of, by the way. It tells me that I gotta like I gotta get my shit together because like I don't have the capacity to like live the life I want to live, right? Which is going on long hikes and uh, have active vacations and play with my kids as much as I'd like to. Um, so I've got to change that, right? Which means I've got to do less bicep curls, less deadlifts and start working on my respiratory function, right? Which I'm doing. My heart rate score has actually gotten better which is really crazy. Kai, his capacity is so much higher that it's giving him a lower score because it's based on his capacity, his ability to process stuff. Right. So this is why this is an important idea because the truth is, is sleep is very, very, very personal, very Mm -hmm. personal. Like the reality is, is like if I just don't do anything all day long and I have a heart rate score of a high of 35, that shit ain't okay either. Because that means my potential for heart disease for other things, is really bad, right? It's really low. That means my margins are very, very low. Personally, my margins are far lower than I feel comfortable with. And so yeah. I've got to make some changes, which means – like I literally, guys, I can't sleep for more than six and a half hours. I can't. I, I, I won't set an alarm clock and I still won't be able to sleep. People – see, I could sit here and tell you that that's because I'm a grinder and because, like, I'm the man and I don't believe in sleep. No, no, no. Guys, I can't sleep more because I don't do enough throughout the day to demand the sleep. So if I'm going to have a, a, an output on the day of 7.1 and Kai is an output of 17.1, Kai's ability to sleep will be far greater because his body needs it. My yeah. body doesn't need it. So here's the thing. If you're that guy who doesn't sleep a lot, right, who is kind of a mess – Your capacity is low. You have to ask yourself if you're comfortable with that. And I think that's a big problem with the idea of sickness in the United States. We don't prioritize physical capacity. Most of us work sedentary jobs. We come home and then continue to be sedentary while we watch TV. We don't need sleep because we don't deserve it. I think if I can, I'm going to, I want to end here, but if if this podcast means anything to you, it should mean that I'm trying to demand more sleep for my body and I'm trying to find a way to take control of my regulatory system, my respiratory system, my nervous system, the things that make me human and be more efficient. That said, we'll leave it there because we got more to talk about next week. I'm Noah at root.solution on Instagram. Um, if you find me on Facebook, i check it a little
0: bit every now and then, but not
1: really. Um Kai hit him with the underscores.
0: Yeah. I am at um, control underscore the underscore basics. I might just change it to underscore. Who knows? But that's um, actually
1: like not the worst idea, right? Like just,
0: just like lean into underscore, it.
1: Underscore. At like, the underscore I underscore.
0: Maybe like just like seventeen underscores, and that'll be lean it. In. That's it. That's it. Um guys, thank you again
1: for listening. If you have questions, please hit us up. We've getting recently I'm getting more and more interactions from people. People ask me questions. Um people that I don't know ask me questions, which is even cooler because that means somebody's actually listening to this. Um Man. but uh keep it coming, guys. Like I love, love, love. I, like I like I can't use enough loves for the feedback. I'm a words of affirmation guy. So good or bad, I want to hear it. And frankly, I want to give you what you want. So please ask questions, guys, like give us something to work with. There's going to come a point when we'll run out of stuff to talk about. That's probably not actually true, but um, maybe. So give us some stuff that you want to hear, um, things that we can kind of talk about for you. Um, that said, guys, thank you for listening. As always, we look forward to talking to you guys in the very big very future. All right,
0: let's go. Catch you on the flippity flap.